Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Okay, like I said, kids, so you're, you're with me so far, right? Everybody's hanging. Thank you. Thank you. That's my daughter, so um, she's, she's the not shy one. Um, so I've got a question for you uh, to start us off that I need, I need you to, to answer, okay, so, to somebody, right? Maybe not everybody, but, um, and it's this question. I, I guess that's not a question. Tell me about a movie you love, okay? Who can tell me a movie that they love? Anybody? Yeah? The, okay, very good. Well, I'm going to go for kids, though, and we'll, so we'll come, that's all right. I, I appreciate that, though. Okay, all right, there we go. We got Christmas Chronicles. Okay, all right. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Christmas Chronicles, just like a tiny bit? It's about a girl and a boy. That's like every movie, right? Okay. <laughs> Let me come back to you. Is there another? Wait, okay, all right, I'll take Lainey. All right, go for it. Shield agents, agents of Shield. That's what that's what we've been watching at home. Yep, yeah. Agents of Shield, good people fighting bad people. There we go. Yeah, that's all. That's every Marvel movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good job. Thank you. All right. Um, okay. I don't, you know I don't know you guys' names back there. What can I take one of you? Home Alone, yeah. Okay, now you're talking. Thank you. Yeah, Home Alone. Everybody, has everyone seen Home Alone? I really, I hope so. Okay, all right. That's good. That's, that's the second Christmas movie. That's really good. Okay, okay, Michael, what do you got? Maybe, um, the Crew. It's a movie about um, a bunch of caveman. The Crudes, yeah, the Crudes, yeah. And the message is to follow the light. The message is to follow the light. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, one, one more. Right here, Shane. Dino King. Okay, so can you tell me about Dino King? I'm not familiar with that one. The dinos don't talk, but it shows what they're thinking. Okay, so that's what you like about that. All right, all right, that's excellent. Okay, you guys did really. Can we give the kids a round of applause there? Excellent. Okay. So <laughs> appreciate that. So you guys. You, you, look, you guys, feel free, to, feel free to attempt to listen to me or do, do whatever you're going to do. I might call on you one more time in here, depending on how uh, my brain works. But, um, but thank you for sharing about your, your favorite movies. Um, I'm not, so I'm not familiar with all of them, but I, can, I guess I can speak to, uh, to my daughters, uh, which is really a TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and uh, we're just in season one so far. Uh, but there is a, you know, there's pretty much a common thread in, um, in most of our favorite movies. Actually, let's, let's talk about Home Alone for a second, right? So, uh, so you know, child gets mistakenly left uh, at, at home, uh, family goes on vacation, and of course, then the house is targeted by uh, bandits, robbers, I don't know, I don't know what we call them, and, what, it's bandits, yeah, right, exactly, thank you, yes. So, so we, uh, yeah, there is a name for them, yeah. Um, this is the problem with doing things off the cuff, right? You don't remember these. Um, but, in, you know, hilarity slash chaos ensues in the house, and of course, there's a theme of overcoming uh, this trouble that has befallen the the household there of Macaulay Culkin. And so, um, 
you know, every, every story, right? I think every, pretty much every story that we know and love starts with a point of tension, a point of trouble, a point of conflict, something like that, right? Every, every single story that we love begins like that. It sets the stage for that. And um, I think that's interesting because, you know, we love watching stuff happen you know, on, on a screen that has that kind of storyline. But we don't like to live that very much, right? It's not, we don't, we don't like to find ourselves in places where there's tension and conflict and there's trouble. Um, we, don't, we don't like that at all, right? But, you know, Jesus says something um, that is, you know, really in no uncertain terms is one of his clearest statements. He said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, right? He says that. And so that's something that for us, um, you know, it's hard to get around when you're just living your life. But in our minds, I find more and more, just as I've been noticing my own thought process over the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about this, is like, man, I don't, I don't really think that in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, I really do assume that things ought to and should always go well for me. I don't think that I should be living in trouble. But, you know, really, that's, that's where we are in the world. And so, um, so we're in this series. If you, if you weren't here with us last week, we're in a series that we just started um, called Getting to Hashtag Your Best Life. And if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go onto our YouTube channel, um, VCCSTL, and, uh, and take, a, take a listen to that. I'll explain the hashtag and all that. I won't get into all that. Um, and I'll do a little short overview here, but it'll help you a lot um, as we move forward if you get a chance to listen to that. And, and what, really what we're talking about is um, this place of how God uses, um, uses the situations in our life and all the things that we're facing, how he uses that to move us in a process to get us towards new life and new spirit. And uh, one of the things that I, I, we, we kind of ended with last week um, was I asked everyone to spend a couple minutes or to spend time on your own to actually think of some situations in your life, maybe one in particular, where you feel like, yeah, you know, I, I really could use new life and new spirit in this. That, that would be really good if God delivered that. And then we'll kind of work through this process that um, really is shown to us by the events from Passover to Pentecost in, in the Bible. And so this week we're going to dig into that first part, which is, um, which is Passover and the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, so before we do that, uh, I just want to give you our little... This is our little squiggly line here. This is essentially a timeline, okay? And on the bottom here, we've listed out the events that we're talking about in Scripture, okay? So Passover, Good Friday, Easter, and then there's this 40 days after Jesus has risen from the dead where he sort of just like pops in and out, and, but things are totally different, and, and it's a little bit confusing. And then after that 40 days, Jesus ascends back to heaven, and then after another 10 days, there's Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit drops in, and everything changes from there, there on out, right? And we've kind of called these uh, events, um, we start with what today we're going to be talking about is trouble, and then we go from loss and new life, adjustment, letting go, and new spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the weeks here, Okay. And so, um, so to do that, uh, we are going to read. We're going to read a really large chunk of Scripture. I'm not going to usually, for, for me, usually when I'm doing a large chunk of Scripture, I just, I, I decide, really, I'm too lazy, essentially, to go and put them into a slide. So, uh, but 
Uh, you, hopefully, you have a device or a physical Bible. If you don't have a physical Bible, we would love to get you one. I'm, I'm, I'm always making that offer. Nobody, I don't think anybody's taken me up on that yet, but um, we will give you a physical Bible if you don't have one. Um, it's great to have. So um, I'm going to read in Mark chapter 14, okay? And so kids, if you're around, you, got your, you, can, you can read off your parents or if you got one yourself. Mark chapter 14, uh, oh, it says 12, that's wrong. Yeah, okay, well, that's my own slide. It's chapter 14, ignore that. And starting in verse 12. So this is gonna be um, the Last Supper, okay? Uh, Mike Dotson, actually about a month ago, he talked about, uh, about this scene, but out of John. I chose to use Mark here because this is actually goes a lot faster, but this is, this is an incredible um, series of events. There's so much richness in this. Uh, we could talk about this for ages, but we'll try to just pull out the things that we want to pull out for this morning, okay? So the Last Supper, Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 12. It says this, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples left. They went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And when evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born." And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of, Mount of Olives, you will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. But Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. And then they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. And going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch 
for one hour. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And once again he went away and prayed the same thing. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. And returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. And with him, with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. And now the betrayer had arranged a signal with him. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And the men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And then everyone deserted him and fled. All right, so, you know, this is, like I said, this is just a humongous passage. We're going to keep your, keep your Bibles open, keep your, keep your screens open. We're going to kind of pull out a few things uh, from there as we go. But uh, I think some of you even just like reading that, that much scripture, especially something that was so like, I don't know, so poignant, right? So much happened in there. Some of you just reading it were like, oh, there's, yeah, God kind of was speaking something in there to me. So um, I want you to, if that, if that was you, I just felt like maybe there was a few people who felt that way. Just kind of tuck that away for a second and come back to that later, okay? Um, and we're going we're gonna to come and talk about this thing of trouble, right? This is where Jesus finds himself, okay? Um, you know, if you think about the life of Jesus, uh, he, you, you would say in so many ways that he had tremendous success, right? Um, he, you know, came on the scene at the age of 30. Um, he amasses this huge following. He's got these 12 disciples. Um, he's doing all these miracles all over the place, and um, people are just, like, clamoring to be around him, right? So, so in so many sort of worldly, uh, worldly ways of thinking about it, he, he was doing great. He was, he was, yeah, he was successful, right? There's no other way to put it. Um, and yet, Jesus understood something that, like I said, we often don't. Right? He understood that he was here, A, on a mission, and that that mission was going to lead him to, to trouble, to pain, uh, to sacrifice, to suffering, right? And this is kind of, this, this is where we find our text, is that he's really entering into a period where that's going to be the theme, right? And so, you know, a lot of times when we think about trouble and pain, um, and especially reading something like this, we're like, wow, you know, that's, this is Jesus before he goes to the cross. Um, you know, I've never done, you know, God's not calling me to anything like that, right? Like, I've never, I've never even had anything, you know, that massive. Nobody's tried to kill me before. I've never had any death threats. You know, my issues, like, they're just, they're just so much smaller than what Jesus was dealing with back then, right, in this situation. And, you know, one of the things that I, uh, that I was thinking about um, a couple weeks ago, and I was, I was going through something with work I shared last week about, you know, kind of the thing I've been working with in my mind on this series is, is my career and some of the issues that I'm facing there. Well, um, I was having a particularly bad day at work, and, um, and I was just, you know, just frustrated with things, and, um, 
And I had this thought come into my mind that was basically like, well, you know what? This is not a big deal. This is really not a big deal. We just need a, to move on from this and, um, and make it go away. And, and can you guess, did that, let me, let, me, let me ask, do you think that worked for me? Right? Probably. It's, it's, so, it's so much did not, right? It's so much did not. Minimizing my, my trouble, as it turned out, did not, did not work. And it, it just kind of got me thinking, like, how many times do we sort of rate the problems that, you know, the trouble that we have on, on sort of this 1 to 10 scale, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? You're like, okay, well, you know, 10 is like the worst pain I've ever had, right? And I think maybe like at a four or five, maybe I'll acknowledge that, it, that something's happening. You know, maybe at a seven or eight, I might actually say something to someone else. You know, <laughs> like there's this kind of, I don't know, we kind of have this like judgment system of what we decide to, is, is like important enough or not, right? And sometimes that's like, is it important enough to God? And I think one of the things that I really wanted to, like as we're, as we're coming into the series and we're, we're looking at this timeline is really... There's nothing, there's, God has been so clear with me about this, there's nothing that is too small, right? There's nothing, there's nothing that troubles you that is too small for this to be true about, for this process to be true about. So, um, so actually, kids, if you can do me one more favor, I think this, this might be it. Could you turn to an adult that's near you, whoever that is, whether it's a parent or somebody else, can you just turn to them and tell them, because I think you guys get this a lot better than we do, okay? Tell them... God cares about the small stuff. Can you say that to them? All right, go for it. God cares about the small stuff. Tell them that, all right? Okay? Because we need to remember that. We need to remember that. And I think, you know, we, what we started out with last week was to understand that God wants us to enter into this whole process, this Passover to Pentecost process, because we're to share in what he experienced, Right? And we do that both in the really big things, the really big macro processes that are happening in our lives, and in the really small things that might be happening. Um, sometimes they're just like, sometimes they happen super fast. Sometimes they're just like little things that, little disappointments, little things that happen in your life, and you realize, hey, I need to, I need to go deal with this, right? Okay, so this morning I'm just going to go through, and real quick, we're going to talk about um, two things to stop doing when you're, when you're finding yourself in trouble, again, whether it's small or big, and two things to start doing, okay? Two things to stop, two things to start. And so the first thing that we see uh, from the scripture is to stop denying it, right? So we've kind of already talked about this, but stop denying it. Um, the disciples in this whole passage, and really for a lot of the time before this, they are in full-scale denial that this is happening, right? You guys remember um, just very, very, uh, very recently to this passage, you know, Jesus had predicted, hey, I've got, I'm going to be, I'm going to die, right? I've got to go away, and then I'll be, I'll, I'll rise again and all that. He says that, but, but he says, I'm going to die. And you remember Peter says, absolutely not, right? Like, that's never going to happen, to which he earns the very, very famous rebuke, get behind me, Satan, right? <laughs> you remember that? Um, which is like, if you read the passage that just happened before that, I mean, he had just been told all sorts of great things right before that, and then Jesus tells him, get behind me, saying, it's like, wow, that's a, you know, that's a pretty strict thing there. Um, he's in total denial, right? He has a vision in his mind about what's going to happen, and when confronted with something else, 
he's like, no way. That's not going to happen. And I think even in our passage here, you know, the way that, the way that I read this anyways, and, and you know, who knows, I might, I might or might not be right, but um, I love, by the way, I love The Chosen, and I love watching Justin Reiner down here. Um, the Chosen, like, just really, I don't know, just puts flesh on a lot of these stories, helps us kind of see some of the interactions that the disciples have with Jesus in a different light. Um, but I see, like, even right off the bat in verse 12, when, when uh, they come to Jesus and ask him, you know, where do you want us to go to make preparations, right? They're just, this Passover thing, there's a lot that could be said of it. But this is their annual festival. It's like a huge deal. I mean, this is like the thing that happens um, on the Jewish calendar. And so they're just kind of going along, right? They're just kind of going along and say, hey, you know, what are we going to do? It's like, what are we going to do this weekend? It's Memorial Day weekend or something, right? What are, what are we going to do? Yeah, let's go, let's go do this. They're just, they're just moseying around. They're denying anything that's going to happen. And then, you know, later in the passage here, as Jesus kind of gets into it more with them, and he says, hey, you know, someone is going to betray me. Again, they come back. It's, it's actually interesting. They say each and every one of them, like one by one, they go around asking Jesus at this, at this meal, like, is it me, right? It's not, it's not going to be me, right? That's surely not, surely not me, right? They don't, they don't want to even acknowledge that that might be a possibility. And, you know, and so, so often that's what, that's what we do, right? We, we want to we wanna deny that anything is happening at all. Um, but even after we get done denying uh, that maybe something's at issue, right? Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so, there's so many examples of this that I could give. Um, in my own life, um, but I will, for the sake of time, I won't get into them. <laughs> what we end up doing a lot of times is we fight it, right? So if we're done denying, okay, there's a problem here. Well, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to fight it, right? So this is what Peter does uh, when it gets to the when it gets to the time of betrayal. You can see uh, that Peter uh, actually ends up. Uh, chopping the ear off of one of the, the uh, people coming to get him, right? So this is, this is like a fascinating thing to think about. It's like, did Peter intend to chop the guy's ear off? Is that what he was trying to do, do you think? Like, was he just an especially good swordsman that he was like, there's, a, there's one guy's ear out of like, you know, it says there was like a horde of people. I mean, some people think there was like 600 people that showed up for this, um, was he, was he just so good and so tactical that he was like, I'm going to single out this one guy and lop his ear off? No, that is not, that is not what happened. He, he was just like basically being totally reckless, right? He was, he was trying to murder this guy. I mean, that's what he was trying to do. And, you know, thankfully, I, I think for him, um, he, he, didn't, he failed at that, right? And often when we get into this fight mode, that's kind of what happens, right? We start to at least feel, right, some of us have a little better self-control than others, but, but this thing rises up in us that we just want to become, like, reckless, and we just want to fight it. We just want to push against whatever is going on and make, make the stop, right? We want to make the pain, we want to make the trouble go away. We want to do it under our own control. Um, it does not usually turn out well, right? It doesn't usually turn out well, and it didn't, didn't turn out great for Peter. Thankfully, Jesus was there for him. Um, so those are two things to stop doing, two things to start doing, okay? So here's the first thing. Start bringing in friends to what you're going through, okay? Um, 
listen, <laughs> you look at the friends that Jesus has here, these disciples, and for all their foibles and all their inability to grasp what's happening, um, for all in this right here in this Garden of Gethsemane, they are um, falling asleep on him, right? They're not able to really hang with him and what he wants to do and, um, and all of that. But Jesus wanted them there. You understand that? Jesus really, he wanted them there. In fact, in one of the other Gospels, before the, or during the Passover meal, Jesus actually tells them, I've longed to have this meal with you. Like, he really, really actually wanted them there with him, um, even though they were imperfect, right? Can we say that, at least? They were not, like, the best of friends, necessarily. But something in Jesus, even though he was fully God, he knew that he wanted the disciples in, with him. And it, and it wasn't just like for an example, I don't think, right? It wasn't just because other oh, disciples, they go along with me wherever I go, and they're going to learn from this, this and all that stuff. I, don't, I really don't think that was the primary thing. I think he knew that as a human, as fully human, that he needed his friends there as well, right? So start bringing in friends is one thing. And then here's the last thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hammer in here, okay? Start working it out with God, like for real, right? Whatever it is that you're working with, okay? So if you're, if you're thinking about the thing that, we, that, that God brought up for you last week, right? Start actually working it out with God. Like in our, in our passage here, you think about the fact that Jesus goes to pray, right? Specifically, he goes to pray and he goes and checks on the disciples and their sleep, right? And he goes back again to pray. And he goes and checks on the disciples again and their sleep. And then he goes back to pray again, right? So three times he's going back to his heavenly father to engage with what's going on, the trouble that's in his soul. And in his case, this is, you know, this is the trouble of troubles, right? My soul is sorrowful to the point of death, he says. And so he keeps going back to the Father over and over and over again. And when we look at what he says, it is really, I mean, this is, this is some of the most, most poignant words you'll see in Scripture, right? He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Everything is possible for you, right? Take this cup from me. Like, I mean, if you, can, if you can just stop and imagine for a second, like, what this is like for Jesus, right? Again, this is, I mean, we're seeing one line of this from Scripture, okay? But this is, like, hours. I mean, this is at least probably three hours overnight of him going to, Jesus, going to, going to the Heavenly Father with us over and over. Working out this thought, right? <laughs> working out these feelings, working out what's going on inside. This is how this is making uh, me feel as a human. And I, I think one of the things that, um, one of the things that I think sometimes we dismiss about Jesus and his story um, and, and all that, it's like, well, it's just, that was just Jesus, right? You ever said that before? That's just, that's just Jesus. Like, that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Jesus handled that the way he handled it. But, you know, one of the great gifts of the fact that Jesus came to earth and that we see him interacting in scripture with people um, is that he's showing us what it means to be fully human, 
right? To be fully, fully human. Um, I, love, I love when Danielle, uh, a, a couple months ago, we were talking um, about how Jesus, you know, the incarnational Christ, right? And, and she brought up uh, little, little Emma Stevens and little, little baby thing about this big, right? And we were just talking about like how like Jesus went through all of those stages, right? And, and the thing is, Jesus went through all of that as a fully human, like as a perfect, right? He was perfect, but he was still fully human. So I think for me, what that implies is that whatever you see Jesus doing, it's not some like distant, you know, it's not some other alien thing that he's doing. What's happening is he's defining for us what the fully human version of that looks like. Does that make sense? Right? And so here, when he's saying, when he's having this trouble, when he's, when he's in anguish, right, he is showing us this is what it looks like to be fully human. Being fully human, part of that means exactly that you go to God and you say, I do not want this. I don't want this. And you, and you wrestle. I'm sure he was wrestling through all sorts of stuff. He knew what was ahead of him, and he's working through all these things. He's working through even what he was going through right then. He doesn't want to leave his friends, right? And I'm sure as his friends are falling asleep, he's probably working through that. Why, why, why are these guys falling asleep on me, right? This is terrible. There's so many things that are going on in this time frame, if you can just imagine that for a second. And he is working those things through with the Father. He is saying, you know, God, I, I'm just laying this all out. And then he says, not my will, but yours be done, right? He, he lands on that, thankfully. But he, he does that work, right? And so many times, you know, we're stuck in denying it, right? Famous, famous phrases from denying it. It's fine. It's totally fine, right? I've seen worse, yeah, you know? Um, or we're fighting it in different ways that we, we don't realize that God is actually inviting us into a process that if we can engage in it, will result in new life and new spirit. Might take a little bit of time, right? One of the things about our timeline there is there's no, there's no dates on it, okay? So some, some, some things that you bring up, some issues that you, that you have, you know, those, those dates might be like really far between sometimes, right? And, that, and that's difficult. But sometimes they might happen really fast too. You know, like a lot, of, a lot of things I've noticed as I've been trying to work this out in my own life is like, like little disappointments that I have. Like, like we are late to school every day, every day. Every single day we are late to school. Um, and and the, so like last year we had a teacher where like she cared that whether we were late or not. And so that was like some measure of accountability for me, right? I was like, okay, well, I, don't, I don't want to disappoint Ms. Ratterman, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really do my best. But, but our teacher this year, bless her heart, she's so wonderful. I love her to death. But she's too similar to me, right? She doesn't really care if we're late or not. <laughs> so, so I've noted, like, if you plotted out our arrival time through the course of the year, it's like 8.25, 8.26, 8.20, you know, it's like slowly. And it, yeah, so this last week, it's been bad. And, you know, to be honest, every time, every day when that happens, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Like, I feel disappointed. Like, I, I get angry with Lainey. I'm like, why did you not, blah, 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 even though probably it was more my fault than hers, you know. And, and it's just this little, this little twinge of like, oh, why didn't this happen? So I can decide even on something tiny like that, right? 
I can decide, you know what, that's stupid, let's just move on. Or I can take a second to just acknowledge, you know what, there's disappointment in that, there's something going on, that's just something really probably triggering that's deeper that maybe God wants to get to at some point, you know, that I'm not aware of. Um, and be able to move through a process that says, okay, you know what, maybe God wants me to have a new spirit about that, something different, right? So it can be anything as small as that, anything as big as your, as your macro life picture. Some of you guys are going through incredibly painful things, really, you know, multi-year large changes in your life and in how you view God and all sorts of stuff, any of that. Um, you can bring to God and you can be working those things out with the Lord. He cares about them, right? That's the great thing. And that's why, that's why we can face our troubles ultimately, right? And that's why we love to do that. We love to do that in the vineyard. Well, I don't know if we love to do it, but we, but we, but we do it, right? Like, like you guys know, um, if you've been around at all and if you've been to any of our classes, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, sort of a, uh, they talk about organizations having, you know, birth stories of sorts or, or um, stories that really anchor us. And, and for us, one of them is David and Debbie, before they planted this church, um, they were at a church planning conference and, and separately they were asked to put a word down on a piece of paper to describe what they wanted the church to be. And so they, have, they both put down the word real, right? Um, and I don't think they meant that in like a hip, cool way or something. Right? <laughs> they meant that in the sense that we wanted to be a church where you could really be real, like you could bring what was really going on. And so those of us who have been uh, part of this community, like we've, we've soaked in that. We've, I, I, I did not come from that at all, right? I did not come from that mentality whatsoever. But the Lord and his grace brought me here, and I've been able to soak in that and learn over time how to actually be real and, and still I find that's hard to do, right? There's a lot of things that it's hard to do. Um, but the Lord wants us to do that. So, um, so here's our, as we wrap up here, here's our uh, invitation. The worship team can go, on, go ahead and come on up. Um, so if you remember last week, uh, we said, ask Jesus to bring to mind something from your own life that needs the new spirit God wants to give, okay? And so with that in mind, what I'd encourage you this week to do is this. In prayer... Fully articulate, okay? And I, I chose those words because I felt like they were the best way to say, like, you don't necessarily need to overdwell on things, right? But, like, but there is a point where you know, like, have I actually said everything there is to say about this, right? Have I fully acknowledged, have I fully articulated what is going on um, in this trouble or pain or disappointment with God. Have I, have I done that, right? So fully articulate it. And then, and then only, only after that, and maybe only after you give that some space, and only if it's authentic, right? If you're not there yet, you don't need to say it. But then ask for his will to be done, right? And you might not be there right away, and that's okay, right? But ask for his will to be done just like Jesus did there, okay? And then also, um, like we said last week, start to bring some trusted friends into this, right? And there's, there's ways we'd love to help get you connected if you don't, if you don't have that readily available already. Um, but that's what, that's what we want to be doing, okay?